Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White, and I have a cold that just will not quit, so please excuse my raspy voice. In this episode, we're looking at one of the five C's of Arizona, but if you're not from here, you might be wondering, what are you talking about? If you grew up in Arizona as a young child, you were probably taught about the five C's in school. But if you didn't, maybe you've heard of them. What are they? How did Arizona even get this weird alliteration? Producer Maritza Dominguez brings you the history of the five C's of Arizona and dives into one question a listener asked, which is what happened to derail the citrus industry here in Arizona? Maritza, take it away. I grew up going to school in Mesa Public Schools, so the knowledge of Arizona's five C's has been there since I was a young child. However, the majority of Phoenix's population is not Arizona natives. So let's dive in. What are the five C's of Arizona? The five C's of Arizona is, I think you can probably see in many places, it'll say every school child um, should know the five C's. It's copper and cattle, citrus, climate, and cotton. This is Philip Vandermeer, a retired professor of history from Arizona State University. For 35 years, he taught American history and the history of Arizona. The five C's were a way to highlight the industries that created Arizona's economy. I asked Philip who were the ones to come up with the five C's. Well, the problem is there's no they. (laughs) Um, It's not an official thing. It is by the 1920s, it seems. Um, that people are talking about this now. It's a, it's a nice alliteration. Arizona was a young state in the 1920s, and in order to attract people to move to the state, various groups like Chambers of Commerce used the five C's as a way to promote the area. And by the 1920s, included in the promotional literature is a reference to this. By the 1930s, there is a famous... Um, WPA Guide to the State of Arizona, and it it mentions um, the C's, and by the late 40s, um, it's quite common to talk about the five C's. Okay, so the five C's were a marketing tool used to try to get people to move to Arizona, but before they had that fancy name, they really were big drivers of Arizona's economy. Obviously, our climate has been sunshine for hundreds of years, but it also played a big role in citrus becoming a thing here. Citruses originate from South and East Asia. So how did they get here? Well, for that, we have to go back in time a bit. And it came out to the United States. Um, It came with the missionaries, you know, out here to the U.S. And so as a result of that, citrus has actually been in Arizona since like 1700. This is Selwyn Justice, a fifth generation citrus grower in Arizona. You'll hear more from him later in this episode. It was Italian Catholic missionary father Eusebio Francisco Kino who brought citruses to southern Arizona. And there are differing accounts of who was the first to plant citrus in the valley. Here's what Philip had to say. And it begins really in 1890 when Winfield Scott, who is, it had been in the process of developing a settlement in what becomes Scottsdale, decides to import citrus from California and Florida. 
and the Arizona Improvement Company uh, decides to do the same thing. The man who created the Arizona Improvement Company was William J. Murphy. He created the Arizona Canal in 1985. Once Murphy was able to get water flowing into what is now the Glendale area, he also imported citrus trees from California. This was happening at the same time as Winfield Scott. People started moving west to find new opportunities. This included Selwyn's great-grandfather. My family has been operating in the same place since 1928. We, according to a packing house that packages our fruit, we are the longest continually operating citrus orchard in the state of Arizona. My family um, moved out here from Missouri a little bit before they started the farm, and uh, they bought it in 28, and we've been farming ever since. I met up with Selwyn at the Justice Brothers Yupik, separate from his family's ranch. Selwyn hates being inside, so we sat outside on the back patio, looking out on his grove. If you're visualizing a farmer in a rocking chair right now, well, that's not Selwyn. He's a 30-year-old with a business degree from the University of Arizona. He also enjoys going to concerts. Like, you know, yes, I farm. Uh, I also, like, play D&D and, like, you know, listen to, like, you know, doom metal sometimes, you know, and, like, you know, go to punk shows. Now, back to oranges and lemons. Arizona was seen as a land of plenty in those years soon after statehood. Groves popped up in areas like the West Valley, much like Selwyn's family, who bought some land in what is now Surprise. There were also groves in the North Mesa area, scattered around the outside of Phoenix. Selwyn tells me at the time, oranges were the citrus to grow, but by the 1930s, grapefruit became the king crop. My family was no different. We planted a lot of grapefruit. We had a lot of grapefruit out there, um, acres and acres and acres of it. And we still have the, the majority of our, of our citrus um, in our commercial operation is still grapefruit as a result of that. In 1935, 21,000 acres in Arizona were dedicated to citrus farming. Over the years, more and more trees were planted. Soon, Arizona became well-known for their citrus production. Arizona citrus, oranges, lemons, tangerines, limes, and grapefruit are unsurpassed for quality and flavor. That's how one educational documentary from the 1930s described the fruit. It's probably thanks to the weather that rarely goes below 40 degrees in the winter. Selwyn's grandfather, and also his namesake, Selwyn the Elder, and his brother, Robert, bought the ranch from their father. And that's how they got the name the Justice Brothers Ranch. They would go on to grow not just citrus, but a variety of other crops and cattle. The number of acres with citrus trees continued to rise until its peak in the 1970s. By then, there were 80,000 acres with citruses planted. Major citrus companies like Sunkist used Arizona citruses to sell commercially. Local farmers would pick the fruit and send them to packing houses. Those are warehouses where the fruit was cleaned and then packed into boxes before being shipped to a grocery store. But soon after the 70s, the industry took a sharp decline. The success of Arizona agriculture, including citrus, led a lot of people uh, to move here and to develop this region. And unfortunately, that is the same thing that led to the decline of the industry. According to data from the U.S. Census Bureau, from 1970 to 1980, the Maricopa County population increased from 900,000 
to 1.5 million. The population in Arizona continues to climb, especially in Metro Phoenix. So what happened to derail the citrus industry? Urbanization. So that if you look at the value uh, of an acre of land and you figure out how many houses you can put on this, and if the lot size is uh, between 6,000 and 9,000 square feet for most um, houses, um, you can get um, seven houses on, on one acre uh, of, of land and you can make a lot of money. Areas that were once bare land are now houses, shopping centers, and even freeways. The last packing house in the valley closed in 2010. It didn't impact Selwyn personally because his family aren't Sunkist farmers, but many in Mesa were. That was pretty much, um, for a lot of people, that was the death. That was the, the final blow, uh, or at least an indicator that uh, the industry was, was pretty much dead up here, um, at least the classic model. There, just, there isn't anybody doing it. Many of the Valley citrus growers have turned to a new business model. They're no longer selling commercially to companies like Sunkist. Now, with suburbia knocking on farmers' doorstep, they're finding new ways to continue. Selwyn was looking for a way to diversify his business, so he bought a U-Pick from a family friend who was ready to retire. It's a farm where public can pick fruit themselves. And there are people that really like doing fruit U-Picks. They love it. They love picking their own fruit. Many other local farmers are doing this as well. While citrus isn't a cash crop in Arizona, it's still culturally important to us Arizonans. The citrus industry is also, it's, it's uh, iconic. Even last year, Arizona got an official state drink that was a nod to the citrus industry. Whether you like it sweet or tart, flavored or natural, lemonade is now our official state drink. Can you believe that? It's all thanks to a new law created by a teenager. The future of citrus in Arizona is unknown. I asked Selwyn why he continues to dedicate his life to citrus. I, I like farming and I like feeding people, and I'd much rather be farming and feeding people than I don't, I don't know what the alternative is, but, you know, whatever that looks like, I don't like it. His role as a farmer doesn't end at the UPIC. It goes on in various leadership roles, including working with the National Young Farmers Coalition. The United States Department of Agriculture reports that the average age of a farmer is 58. As farmers get older, we could see an even greater decline in local agriculture. There are almost no young people entering this profession. There are very few first-generation farmers at all, um, period, and there are a lot of young farmers that are leaving the agriculture industry, and this produces a number of things. One, a reduction in the total farmed acres, which sucks. Um, Two, this leads to further consolidation of farm practices. Even though Arizona Citrus has been in a decline his entire life, you can tell it's his passion just by talking to him. He's continuing the foundation his family built. Those are kind of important values for me too. And I, you know, I have a daughter, she's seven. And uh, I know for a fact that like, I will at least keep farming until she graduates from high school. I want her to have every opportunity to kind of explore that lifestyle. Hey, it's me, Kayla again. Surprisingly, this is not the only question we've gotten about the five C's. Next week, we're looking at another one. Arizona is a major cotton-producing state. 
And not just ordinary cotton, but superior cotton produced in record yields per acre and used for fine fabrics. Next week, head of podcast Katie O'Connell is diving into why cotton is one of the five C's. Well, that's it for today. We want to hear more of your questions about Metro Phoenix, so start asking your friends and family, what have they always wondered about our home? And submit those questions at valley101.azcentral.com. If you're loving our show and looking for more ways to explore Metro Phoenix, sign up for our newsletter. You can sign up at valley101newsletter.azcentral.com to get behind the scenes photos, information about upcoming events you can check out, and other things we are doing to explore the Valley. As always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. See you next week.